genre. What up, nerds, and welcome to Tales from the Short Box, the once weekly Wednesday podcast where we talk about comic books. My name is Adam Sheehan, and I'm here as I'm always here with Sean Batiste. Yo. Casey Crawford. Hello. And RJ Bike. Hey, yo. As a courtesy, I want to remind our listeners that this is a spoiler heavy podcast. We're going to spoil the comics that we talk about in this episode. So I'll give you guys timestamps in the episode description so you can skip anything they might need to skip. Our top story today. Finally, we're doing Hellboy Omnibus Woo! Volume 1, Seed of Destruction by Mike Mignola, Mark Chiarello, and James Sinclair. And so yeah, happy this we're is, finally this doing this. This is overdue by a, by a fucking country mile. So we've, we've been peppering in throughout this season episodes where each of us picks a book that we've just really want to do or like we want to make the rest of us read. And uh, this is mine. We're doing Hellboy this week. So super Fuck excited. Yeah. The, the proverbial red pill that got you and me into fucking occult shit. <laughs> yeah. No, I have a lot to say about that. And I we'll do, get too. There. But yeah, yeah we'll, this, we'll this get there. kind we'll of save awoke, it. this awoke something inside of me that has never been able to stop. So and and thanks, rereading Mike it Mignola. was interesting, too. So, yeah, we got we got some we got some thoughts on the matter. So as we record this, it's Boxing Day. Uh, we just got off at of Christmas. How was your all's Grimbus? Merry Crisis. <laughs> Merry Chrysler. Merry Crisis. Uh, <laughs> uh, it was great. Uh, I think I showed uh, everyone in the podcast, but I will still talk about it because I'll post it on my personal Instagram. Uh, my ACAB alligator painting that, that Zach made for me. It's the alligator so from the movie from the movie Alligator busting out of a brick wall and eating a cop. Um, it's my favorite thing I've ever owned, <laughs> and I want it tattooed on my body. Uh, <laughs> the greatest gift that anyone could give to celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ, the ACAB alligator. <laughs> <laughs> it's my favorite Christmas mascot. Well, he also did that 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 alien painting that oh, he, yeah. he this, showed this... me that like a month or two ago, and I, I I somehow managed to not say anything about it. I am in awe of how talented the band that I live with and and am in love with is. It's, it's baffling. I don't understand. I don't understand. It's incredible. Yeah. Oh, I, I sent it to my mom. She's like, that's gorgeous. What is it? <laughs> <laughs> that's gorgeous and hideous. What is it? <laughs> mom, you know this. <laughs> you grew up like I grew up with you. Like there's this no one, way you this don't one know you what know. alien is. This, yeah. This one you're supposed to know. Yeah. No, this one came out uh, when you were still going to movies regularly. I promise you, you've seen it. Uh, but ACAB alligator, she was unaware, but she was very enthusiastic. Oh, anyway. ACAB alligator. All. All cops are gator bait is my new is my new slogan. Uh. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> Setting the tone right on the top, right it's, at the top. Yeah, a uh, uh, <laughs> Your new hit single. Yeah. All cops right. are uh, alligator bait. I I I apologize for nothing. It's my favorite thing that's ever existed. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna have a serotonin high on that for for years to come. Uh, did did y'all well, get anything? Do is fun? look at it, right? Yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> Boom. Done and done. Instant well, serotonin. I, I I I narrowly survived uh well I, I I was supposed to go to this big family party that was gonna be like 30 people, which would be like the most people I've been around in a very, very long time, and I've been stressing about it for months. And then we were supposed to get bad weather and everyone canceled. Oh, so tight. there was like six people. 
Perfect. That's the so that greatest. Was, was that's the greatest and feeling, it was, especially. And it was just like, cold. Yeah. There wasn't the, the, even there wasn't even a disaster on top of anything. It was just it just yeah. It was literally just cold. This thing I was stressing out about magically disappeared. Perfect. I mean, it's it sucks because like I you know these are family I haven't seen in a while, and we're gonna still have to figure out a way to all get together. But you know, I got to have a quiet Christmas, which is nice. And nobody died of COVID. <laughs> also good. <laughs> yeah, always a plus. Yeah, I feel like thirty people in a room is statistically somebody's gonna get it. Uh, oh, I was a real mess about it. And then, like, th- it was the day of my mom calls me. And she's like, yeah, uh, it's just going to be like six or seven of us. And I, I how let mad out was she? How much sigh. food did she have? Oh, my God, dude. I'm still eating meatballs. I'm going to be eating meatballs until deep into next year. Let's mm. could be worse. <laughs> yeah, because we're an Irish things. family. We do Italian food on Christmas. That's that's what you do. Dude, Italian uh, food on Christmas is better than all the other food. And I will stand by uh, that forever. Zach's mom did a turducken. Uh, for three people. <laughs> That's dope. <laughs> Me, Zach, and her. And then we That's invited, silly. like, last minute, our other buddy to come with us, and we still have, like, <laughs> at least ten more people worth of food. <laughs> I want to do the Turthulu, where you put you stuff a turkey with uh, with an octopus, and you leave the tentacles sticking out. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, 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 I found one. Sounds truly vile. <laughs> but also delicious because octopus is the tastiest octopus thing. Octopus is really good. Yeah, no, and I, I showed not. this to Zach's mom because she's like a world class chef. Like she she worked at like she was a, like the head chef at like Michelin rated restaurants in fucking Atlantic City. Jesus. Like, dude, like she blows my mind every time she cooks anything. And I showed her that, and she's like, "Ooh, that could be really tasty." Was her only response, and I'm just like, "God, I love you so much." <laughs> <laughs> unfazed unfazed by the appearance of the the cthulhu monster that is a turthulu or whatever get that shit out of my face that's unholy (laughs) (laughs) yeah i uh i made i made cornish game hen for uh for rachel and i on christmas eve um it was really nice but there's no polite way to eat a cornish hen you're just like all right i guess i'm gonna pick up this entire creature and take a big bite out of it we're doing this now yeah, I imagine there's there's so many tiny bones that you just kind of have to eat it with your fingers, right? Yeah, you just kind of, like I just gave up after a while and was like, I'm just picking this thing up and eating it off, right off its <laughs> skeleton. It, it's it's the fanciest sounding meal with the the most vile uh, result. Seems, <laughs> seems like so much work. Just like the aftermath is just a still fully intact skeleton on your plate. You're yeah, like, oh, I just want to eat. I don't. We just want Scooby Doo powers where you like take a large inhale and it just all comes <laughs> off of the bone. Yeah, yeah right. Like, I shouldn't have to have a degree in archaeology to eat a fucking <laughs> dinner. Or just put the whole thing in my mouth and pull out a skeleton. Yeah, yeah. like get the fuck out of here. We just made lasagna. It was banging. The lasagna's yeah. good. Yeah. It was good. We found a recipe online that was like the key. We've obvious. This is like very obvious, but like we actually made the sauce kind of from scratch and like that it's amazing how much of a difference that makes when you actually just like cook it for an hour or two instead of just dumping a bunch of cans of sauce into a pot (laughs) yeah yeah, yeah. it's incredible how much of a difference that makes yeah it's kind of very good it just takes it's not hard to do it just takes forever like if you're like all right cool i'm gonna make sauce it's like that's two hours set it aside because that's all you're doing for two hours Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, an all-day uh, ritual. For, for Zach's birthday back in October, his mom got him a slow cooker. So we have exclusively been eating like soups, stews, uh, 
slow cooked meats, uh, homemade yeah. uh, sauces. It's been great, but also like if you notice that I've gained weight, it's because of the slow cooker, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm glad that a lot of it, like, some of them just take a lot of effort, because, like, our favorite one we'll do is, like, like, homemade meatballs, but, man, that takes, that's literally an all-day event. Well, if it's a big enough slow cooker, Casey, you could just climb in and just render it all back off. <laughs> there you go, yeah. <laughs> what is life if like not a being bathtub? slowly cooked? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. I think I think I just need to convert my bathtub into a slow cooker, and then there you go. we'll be yeah. all set. Just the cycle yeah, continues. We've been we've been uh, dabbling in the world of air frying now. We got a new like oh. dual air fryer toaster oven thing. Yeah, that was last so, year's we'll Christmas. I got, I got an air fryer from my mom, and it has been a game changer. So, yeah, I need yep. to get some like wings or some shit. See how that goes. Yeah. Reheat air, really air fryers well. fascinate me. It's just a hair dryer. It's really <laughs> when you break it down into pieces, it is a hair dryer that you put food in. Yeah, just yeah. really, really hot. <laughs> I mean, really I've, hot I've, hair dryer. I've made some mistakes with some hair dryers that would confirm that they. <laughs> I don't know if hair dryers get up to five hundred degrees though. I don't know. I've I burned mean, you, myself. My, my beard straightener gets up to almost four hundred degrees, so like, yeah. yeah, it'll happen. Yeah, it'll fuck you up, man. Well, I've ca- I've ca- really caught my ear in a then. chi before. I remember uh, 2005 <laughs> when we had to fucking we had to straighten our bangs to a crispy like slab of hair. It was a good time to be a Nemo kid for sure. Loved it uh, every minute of it. <laughs> sounds uh, sounds great. Sounds Lovely. like you really had fun. All right. Well, I, I hope I hope everybody had a good holiday. Uh, good tidings to all and all that nonsense. Yeah. Yeah. But uh. Let's talk about some comic books. Speaking of crimbliness, uh, my pick is Mary Jane and Black Cat Dark Web by Jed McKay, Vincenzo Caruto, Caruto and Brian Reber. Well, Dark Web is essentially uh, Marvel's Inferno, but Christmas themed, so it's perfect. We really for... haven't been talking about Dark Web. Um No. Well, but because it it's... it undid a lot of the uh, world or the the character building that Madeline Pryor had gotten in New Mutants, so it's a little disappointing that she's back to being a villain. Um, but otherwise, no, it's, it's been fun. Yeah, not going to talk about that. Otherwise, um... it's been fine. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, New York is alive with demons, much like an Inferno, but there's a lot more Christmas trees this time. Um, and. <laughs> I'm never going to pass up an opportunity to talk about McKay writing Black Hat ever yeah. at this point. Um, and this book is essentially Felicia going to MJ uh, and trying to protect her as the city is um, slowly turning more into more into demon objects um, because she knows that while Peter is busy fighting Ben and uh, Madeline that uh, he'd want MJ protected. Um, so she goes to MJ, and MJ has superpowers. Sure, yep. Just that's a that's a new one. That when the hell did that happen? What did I miss? That's uh, that's one of the the big mysteries of that that time gap that Wells is keeping a secret. Yeah. Ah, yeah. Okay, um, interesting. So she has a uh rule. Uh, was it a jet? Uh, like a uh. Was it roulette wheel or the slot machine? Slot powers. machine powers. Slot machine powers. She just 
randomly generates powers, kind of like Jimmy Olsen with a watch. Um, <laughs> she she gets like you know fine like electrical powers in this, and then uh, turns into pudding at the end of the issue. So it's all oh, it's Jesus all over Christ. the map. Real mixed bag. Um, Figgy pudding. <laughs> it's kind of like it's like it's like ooze pudding though. She's like poison pudding. She's like a poison monster. She's like a poison monster. That's one of her concept names. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, uh, Felicia and MJ team up, um, and I guess it's a it's kind of a fun like team up uh, this time because now with Wells's Spider-Man book, uh, there's kind of like uh, the chance that. Felicia and Peter are gonna get together because MJ is now with Paul. I think his name is Paul. Yeah, just just some normie. Yeah, maybe <laughs> I don't know. We don't know. Paul could be much about Mephisto Paul. for all we know. Um, <laughs> I do like a good Mephisto. Yeah, that was just that was just for Adam. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's not Mephisto at all. It's so, just for so what anyway. If it yeah, does Ed- end up being Mephisto. That'd be fun. <laughs> MJ is MJ is with someone. Like I said, there's this time gap. No one really knows what happened, and yeah. Wells is still, you know, kind of toying with that mystery box. Um, and so, yeah, Felicia, they, like Wells is kind of teasing Felicia and Peter, uh, hooking up again. So uh, McKay kind of weaves that into his mini with um, Felicia, like you know, narrating is like, please don't ask about Peter. And then she's like, how's Peter's like, God damn it. <laughs> um, and then they, so well, what like, had happened was, so she's, she's, uh, black cat has taken, uh, MJ, uh, and then a giant hole opens like, uh, what is happening to a lot of characters and they fall into, into limbo. And there they see Belasco who is looking for a thief, uh, which, uh, he found one, so that that's <laughs> yeah, kind of I how mean, the he um, found the thief, really. Yeah, exactly. So that that's kind of how the issue ends with <clears throat> Velasco revealing himself, and so we're gonna deal. I, I always love Velasco. He's he's a great enemy. Um, this book is a lot of fun, as always. You know, McKay writing Felicia is maybe just my favorite like writer character pairing for this. Uh, these last few years he just nails her so well i love it yeah he really gets her, her yeah her vo- nails awesome. her voice so so well i love it I like this goofy doom we get a little snippet of at the end <laughs> oh yeah there's Him a like a up. there's a backup feature that is like a uh black cat playing poker with a bunch of people and telling the story of her stealing like doom's mask and then uh kind of cross uh like uh going through like a pirate adventure and like different adventures and then she's like and that's how i got this doom mask and that's like what she uses to to raise the the bet and it's like this is made in mexico it's like wow doom outsources (laughs) (laughs) i just like the implication that doom soaks his mask in like a minty solution like his (laughs) like they like their dentures well they just got stolen off of his nightstand you gotta you gotta keep it (laughs) Got to keep it fresh, I guess. I guess. I don't know. <laughs> it was very silly. Yeah, uh. yeah. It was a good. It was. It was a good time. All right. Well, I got um, 
X-Men Annual. Uh, this was by Steve Fox, Andrea DeVito, and Sebastian Chang. This is a fun little X-Men story. We get we get a lot of uh, Firestar in this. She's kind of trying to find her way in Krakoa and trying to sort of find a place for herself. And she's kind of an outcast. She, she keeps being called Avenger, like it's a slur. Um, yeah. Even that she's like, she's like, come on, like Beast and, and Havoc and, <laughs> and Wolverine were all Avengers. I mean, maybe Hank isn't really a great role model to hit yourself onto, but. Well, I just love that the issue, yeah, the, it's like opens up with animosity of the Hellions. They're like, wow, traitor. Like, because <laughs> yeah. they, they haven't, there's like, you know, she was a Hellion for like, I don't know, some amount of issues, but. Uh, there's that kind of they, they haven't interacted since I don't think. Uh, Roulette's like you, you don't belong in Krakoa. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so um, we then get several opportunities for uh for Firestar to prove herself. It was one of those classic X Men things where there's like multiple threats happening in multiple different locations. We have uh plant monsters in Manila. We've got this guy named. By Beast in Vancouver, who we'll we'll circle back to. Um, there's <laughs> X-Men baby zombies attacking Mojo World. <laughs> and there's a hospital in Florida that uh just had all of their Krakoan medicine stolen. It's like this like big double page spread of like all these different panels showing the different threats, and I just love the the Mojo World one is havoc. It's like, is that me as a child? They're like all <laughs> commenting, like <laughs> yeah. and then Bobby's like by Beast. <laughs> <laughs> at one point at one point bobby says i'm just happy he's living his truth <laughs> yeah by beast just has two faces that seems to be his whole mutation he's a beast and he's got two faces by beast and we do not but, um, know we cannot confirm or deny if he is bisexual <laughs> sure yeah he just has two faces that's yeah, all we know about yeah. him I mean, but he's he a, could also be bisexual. He's a Thor villain, right? Sure. Yeah. If you I say so, Marge. Uh, I believe you. Okay. <laughs> I'm the Thor expert here, and I, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> so out of all out of all of these options, uh, the this this the core story focuses on Cyclops and Firestar. Yeah, Firestar. Uh, and- immediately gravitates to the the cancer one because she is a cancer survivor, and um, right. Cyclops, I really like this scene where Cyclops kind of uh, tells Gene, it's like, no, the team is going to be me and Firestar. Um, and they talk about it's like Cyclops wants to spe- specifically to go with her because he's felt like she hasn't really felt like she belonged on the X-Men team until now. This is the first time she's kind of shown a little interest in like a mission, you know, like uh, initiative to, to do something. So. He kind of wants to nurture that, uh, yeah. Which I really liked showing Scott as that kind of leader of you know wanting Firestar to feel like she belongs and uh, taking that time to specifically make that team set up. Yeah, it's always it's always nice when Scott's like on this level when he's like just doing the right thing. It's great. Yeah. Um. So we we come to discover that whirlwind is the one who stole all of the meds because he had a contract kill some some woman hired him to murder her father who was who who was like surviving cancer because i guess there was some inheritance or whatever 
And then he decided that the hit wasn't enough money, so he's like, there's Kirkoan medicine here anyway. I could sell on the black market, so I might as well steal all that. And then while he was there, he also put a, a, a bomb in his hit's body that he was planning on detonating at the funeral. So, like, that seems real like shithead, overkill. this guy. Overheal, overkill on overkill on overkill. Like, man. Yeah, just real, a real piece of shit. The job is real done. This guy. Stop being an overachiever, you know? <laughs> yeah, there, there's a... There's also, like, a bunch of dinosaurs in Manhattan at one point. Like, this... Yeah, they have a lot of shit going on. There's a, there's a lot book. of bouncing around. The zombie babies on Mojo World was <laughs> my favorite. <laughs> I just like that good. there's this, like... The Hickman, when Hickman first did House and Powers, there was this, like, big teaser poster that he created with Mark Brooks, and one of the things is Baby Cyclops, and everyone for, until now, was like, where's Baby Cyclops? But, uh, Here he is. But, um, He's a zombie, also. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but Whirl Whirlwind decided, because, you know, now the X-Men are interfering with his plan, that he was just going to detonate the bomb now and blow up this hospital. And that's when Firestar's like, uh, no, and just totally fucking KOs him. Hell yeah. She and then, like, as this is going on, like, all of these other side missions are starting to get completed, and the team's kind of getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and they're getting to them last. And then it ends with them all fighting some, like, old-school junkyard sentinels as a team. And there's yeah, some group gravy seal sentinels. <laughs> there's this through plot throughout where, where all of the, the X-Men teams on these small side missions are talking about how much fun they're having meanwhile like Firestar's dealing with some like real like kind of unearthed trauma about you know her cancer and all this other stuff so it's, it's nice to kind of punctuate it with this this nice little fun yeah getting back to the basics as they say yeah, the basics of zombie X babies and by mm. oh, fighting old sentinels. Yeah, this fighting book was a lot of sentinels. It was a fun X Men story. Like I like a good self contained X Men one shot, and when it's done well, it's it's really it's really good. This is fun. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. All right. Well, I got one more before the showdown. Hellboy. <laughs> so Batman Superman World's Finest number ten. Mark Wade. Dan Mora and Tamara Bonville and the uh, the super duo at the end there. So the fucking the yeah, dream yeah. team. Well, this, is, this is a dream team. <laughs> the, what a team. My God. We start off with the classic Joker torturing a sidekick because he wants to, and it's hilarious to him because why the fuck not? Uh, this is the <laughs> the person that came from a parallel dimension that Superman's kind of taken under his wing because he's just like a little baby Superman, basically. Whole He's a lot, very similar origin story. A lot more anger. <laughs> a lot more anger. Very similar origin, but Joker's trying to torture him, get some information out of him, just have some fun, but he's fucking with him with some, like, psychotropics and shit like that. And on the flip side, we have pretty much, like, everybody looking for him. <laughs> yes. Uh, they've enlisted the, 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 the totality of the superheroes in the DC universe, it seems like. Um basically but i like the theme over this is like batman's trying to figure out what's going on and help and then they're, they're trying to like focus clark and everyone's like yo i haven't really seen superman like this it's like yeah he does grief really well he does not do anger yeah. that's when he loses his shit because he doesn't know how to deal with it 
because he's just like tearing shit apart, frantically searching everything. At one we point, get some like, monsters ink action. Yeah, because at one point Batman's like, "Oh, I know where to go," and then like by the time he finishes the sentence, like Superman's like transported like everybody there. He's like, "Fuck it, let's go. <laughs> like we're going." Yeah, so that was warehouse. wild. Yeah, it, so you got him just like peak. I'm going to break anything that comes near me. <laughs> yeah, then they go to this warehouse and it's just filled with a bunch of fucking doors. Because <laughs> it's, it's they're fighting the key and the they're Joker. fighting the key. Yeah, and the Joker. Yeah, and the key is the key. The key is opening the doors to the multiverse. Yeah, and he's very intrigued because he's got this kid from the multiverse, so he wants him to get that power to figure it all out but we get some cool scenes of them trying to open all the different doors to find them and stuff just like different monsters and shit and then bruce does what bruce does he figures out oh shit here's the one thing that'll help us find the door immediately and then they're like oh here you go we're here because <laughs> <laughs> that's what he does Yo, this this page of the key like doing some type of psychotropic drug yeah he basically talked about the this little panel basically is like oh you know you know that old line like you know humans only use 10 percent of their brain i was told that as a kid everyone thought i was like slow but i was just looking in not out and then i figured out that that was all bullshit and the only way to really expand your mind is to change it the color on this page is just yeah. absurd this yeah. is tamara bonville and flexing like this yeah. is yeah yeah she didn't have to flex on us like this uh, but i'm glad she the did. art in this <laughs> is just insane like it's really good the dan mora tamra bonville team is just you cannot go wrong with this it's so good yeah oh man speaking of uh completely as an aside but speaking of uh dan mora and tamra bonville um if you want the logical epilogue to uh grant morrison dan mora and tamra bonville's klaus uh that movie violent night is like what would happen if that dude becomes an alcoholic like that's just what it is <laughs> It's incredible because it's like Viking warrior Santa, but like now. <laughs> so perfect for, for anybody who's read Klaus. If you have it, ten out of ten, Santa Claus origin story by the Dream Team. Uh, fucking beautiful, and ridiculous. <laughs> by the Dream Team. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This page of the, really showing a really good way to how he's chemically altering his brain to shed self consciousness, which is like perfect <laughs> it's getting rid of ego and all that shit it's like all people talk about when they talk about psychotropics and shit but oh yeah uh so i think he's just looking for that and figuring out how to get to like the multiverse and shit but dude same. beautiful yeah <laughs> uh then they show up to where the joker is torturing this guy and the key is so they, they rescue the kid and then a Dragon owl elk <laughs> lizard hybrid thing attacks the creature is so ridiculous looking. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's so many creatures put into one, so they kind of have to like box it all in to try to like capture it so they can like because they can't like because they're trying to shove it through the door and it's too big, <laughs> so they can't get it out. <laughs> and it looks great, like door, it just has all these other like chimera type creatures in the back so like yo we got to make sure we none of more of these come through <laughs> <laughs> meanwhile there's just this beautiful panels and pages of the kid just destroying a classic joker uh arena carnival area mm. but i found not... myself staring at this page for like 10 minutes <clears throat> yeah it's it's beautiful with the open joker mouth door and everything yeah 
and then it's great. There's so much detail, even in like all the background and stuff. It's it's crazy. Um, then like they pre they he comes like a smidge away from just killing the Joker, but like luckily there's other Teen Titans and shit where they were like, you don't want to do this, but like this dude was just tortured. He's like, nope. Like if I ever see you again, I'm going to fucking kill you. Like man. Also, does this just... imply that he turns into like Steppenwolf in the future? No, it's Magog. What the fuck is? Magog, there he is. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, that was rude. No, 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 you're right. No, you idiot. I got the names mixed up. Whoops, God. David's Magog. I hate when I got, I, hate when I, I got. <laughs> yeah, I got but implies, yeah, because this whole thing is there's a whole bunch of magic fuckery going on with World's Finest right now and multiverse stuff. So, yes, there's some implication that he's going to turn into some, some bad guy. Or that <laughs> he already is Magog. Or he already is that, and where what we saw, some whatever they were doing to him has already worked. Because uh, Magog has a history of, of, of being being other people first, right? So this book is a uh, all over the. It's fun and it's beautiful, but man, they're they're going for it in this book, and I love oh it. Magog. Yeah. <laughs> oh <I'm sorry>. Magog. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, like, uh, yeah, it's great. Well, speaking of weird creatures, hey, we did it. Let's let's talk about some Hellboy. Hey, man, don't talk about him like this that. This is like the last three or four episodes for me for Adam. This is Adam's high horse. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad I got to get RJ to read something he hadn't read before. That feels like a badge I can wear proudly. It's an achievement you have unlocked. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible. So, yeah. So, uh, Hellboy. When when we when we were to, when we were all like, all right, let's let's each pick a book that we're going to do this season. I feel like everyone thought I was going to say Madman, but that's a safe bet. Let's be let's yeah. be real. Yeah, and yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll yeah, get yeah. to Madman. I promise. <laughs> but like, it's it, it all comes back to Hellboy. Like, I this is I think one of my. Probably, it's a top three for me. One of my favorite books of all time. I absolutely love this book. And honestly, I was introduced to Hellboy from an issue of Madman. They did like a crossover issue. Oh, really? And I was like, I need to read more about whatever this Hellboy guy is. And then that kind of got that rolling. So, yeah. It's great. I got on the kick. I don't know when, but I like grabbed the first omnibus that we're talking about today i was like all right well there's three more so i guess that's uh i'm gonna buy all those right now yeah that's the rest of my christmas vacation is reading yeah this was another one similar to not because of madman but when i was a kid i just like randomly picked up some of the weirdest coolest shit off the shelf i was so lucky that like madman hellboy doom patrol for better or for worse watchmen were like some of the first things that i read and uh Hellboy has this this beautiful like simplicity in a way that like my 10-year-old brain glommed onto that it was like approachable and fun and scary and like it had all the elements of this like really dynamic story but now rereading it as an adult uh, I'm seeing the layers that I never saw before and and I think it also has to do with um knowing history better <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean like 
because they don't really mm. say Rasputin until like the third or fourth issue. A while. Yeah, they're they like yeah. hundred pages in before yeah. they actually name him. But like obviously, yeah. if you've like read, uh, if you're familiar, it's like there's my man. There he yeah. is. Yeah, and, he, and I remember <laughs> I remember learning about Rasputin later in life and being like, oh shit, that's the dude from Hellboy. Oh shit. Oh yeah, I remember yeah, about right. him. The- that yeah, is yeah. fucked up. Oh, I know and, all and, about him. <laughs> and assuming that he was actually far more competent and shrewd in real life than he was, because uh, Hellboy pers- like pro- posits that he's this like magical wizard, and turns out he was just like a drunk huckster. And they so also, I was like, oh man, he's not as cool. Th- this is th- this version of Rasputin is definitely the cooler version of Rasputin. Yeah, this sure. is what I wish Rasputin really real was. But it's <laughs> also, a, yeah, this is what people. Uh, I think this is what people thought Rasputin was. Also, yeah, exactly. that is the other thing. Also, Hellboy is kind of. The the lore of the the world building is kind of baked into actual mythologies. So yeah. like yes. right. they mentioned like Ereshkigal and like a bunch of other deities like the Lamia and stuff. So like it's not it's it's not just its own mythos, but they don't really explain the the stuff that is actually real too in he depth. He takes so he kind of grabs. It's like let me get a little bit of all of this. Yes, and right. then I'll yeah. sort it out and make it cool. Right. That, I that's what I've always. <laughs> That's what I've always loved about it is like I've always kind of had this gravitation towards the occult. And honestly, Hellboy is the first time I I learned the word occult, I think. I was like, Absolutely oh, that's... same. <laughs> yeah. But um <laughs> the Hellboy mythos has this way of taking like real history and real mythology and going, What if they were all just the same? What if this was all just real? Like Yeah, the the, the, the lines are blurred between the fiction of the book and the actual history. And the quote unquote real things, like the the occult like well, just air quotes real. realism. Yeah, exactly. It's just all real. I yeah. mean, it, it there's that that kind of known historical tidbit that um Hitler was obsessed with the occult right. and he was trying to yeah. harness occult powers and this kind of suggests, well, what if what if he did? Or what if he almost did? Or what if like any or of that was real? What if he did real? but still failed because Nazis are still going to fail? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, if I've um, learned anything from Hellboy, it's Nazis uh, still suck. Yeah, no, they always <laughs> so suck. They will continue to suck. Uh, also, if you, yeah, if you I want love some that about- good Nazi punching action, you've got it uh, here in Hellboy. So good. And I also love that, like, with all of these, you know, like, elder god, demon, like, ghost, like, beings that he's constantly, like, fighting, at the end of the day, it's just, like, Nazis are still just, like, just as bad. <laughs> like yeah. yeah, they're, he they're hates definitely more the bad than guy. It, he yeah. hates them more than vampires. He's just like, nah, these fucking Nazis gotta go. He he gives and, like <laughs> he gives yeah. like pathos to the like homunculi, but not yeah. It's like you know, but yeah. Nazis are still awful. Even Rasputin, takes, <laughs> right. even Rasputin takes pot shots at all the Nazis. Like, <laughs> right. These yeah. fucking these fucking clowns. I'm just gonna use them for my own shit because they're idiots. Yeah, it's like yep. All right, my man, perfect. <laughs> uh, and I also love one of my favorite things, like reading it this time that was interesting to me was the that Hellboy being a creature that was summoned from hell and like given his p- parentage that he was like a dead woman's pact with the devil that, you know, was brought to life by Rasputin because of Nazis. <laughs> he's the fucking everyman. That we're experiencing the book through. Like, he's got no fucking clue who he is. He's got right. no fucking clue what's going on. He's just going to punch it until it stops. And that's like, that's the most. Like, he the, doesn't ask questions. 
Yeah. He doesn't ask questions and he like a lot of times is given answers and it's just like, no, nah, I didn't need to know. No, oh, fuck you, man. I just, I was better off just not knowing. I'm just going to punch you now. Things. Yeah. Well, so, it's so, great. It's so, such an incredible vibe, you know? So let's get into it. So, so the, the, the mythos of Hellboy. So we have. The Nazis who want to destroy the world uh, with the occult and bring in their Third Reich and all that nonsense. They hire Rasputin, who had his own ideas of what that meant, to do some sort of ritual and summon something into the world that was going to turn the tide of of World War II. Yeah. And what they ended up doing was opening a rift into hell and summoning Hellboy thousands of miles away so for the longest time they just thought it was a failure like oh I, guess the, the Nazis, like, yeah. I didn't fail you yeah. guys think i did but i didn't the nazis thought it was a failure rasputin knew it was a success but which is such yeah. a rasputin thing to say right it's like oh i i didn't fail yeah, you'll right. never know but i didn't so <laughs> didn't work out but here too we well are. for the romanovs <laughs> so then hellboy uh, gets adopted by Trevor Broom, who's this the head of this paranormal research and development. Uh, did I get all that right? Bureau paranormal of paranormal research. research. <laughs> so he kind of he kind of raises him as a son, and that brings us into into our first story. Wait, where no, he... Bureau for Paranormal Research and Defense. That was going to bother Defense. me. I'm sorry. Yep, that's what it is. Right. Why would it be research and development? What are you making new ghosts? <laughs> Developing a cult. You could. That's a different. They hired L. Ron Hubbard and they developed some occult. <laughs> God, I'm so dumb. <laughs> I would like one occult, please. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess that's what they were doing when there was somebody held. Boy, you could call that research and development. <laughs> that's the bad guys. Were it doing. did develop something. Yep. So that brings us into the first story. So we have the, the, the Cavendish family who have been trying to find a treasure at the top of the world for several generations. And they brought Trevor Broom along with them to this voyage into Antarctica where uh, some really crazy shit went down. And they all got turned into frogs, all except for Trevor Broom, who was sent back to basically, you know, deliver the message that some weird shit was coming. He was some fucking and, bait. And to set, set into motion the the events that would put Hellboy in the grasp of Rasputin. Right. So we have this, this, um, this mansion that was built in the middle of a lake where this cursed family lives. And they were, I, I get, they were essentially lured back there by, by Rasputin to investigate. And Rasputin ends up kidnapping um liz who has psychokinetic powers because he wants to use her powers pyrokinetic yeah Mm -hmm. pyrokinetic he wants to use her powers to bring i'm kind of i'm getting all over the place here um you can just condense the story basically it's fine because there's a lot this is a huge fucking book so let me step back a bit so um (laughs) so yeah so trevor broom is kind of used as bait so that rasputin can get everyone into one place at one time so we can summon this gigantic tentacle monster. God, what, would he, what did he call it? What was it called? Ogdru Jihad. He's one of the seven gods, baby. Yeah. So, so essentially, this first, the Seed of Destruction story arc, you can break it down in the sense that 
the movie, the first movie, was actually a very faithful adaptation. Um, yes, like, it was. like Professor Broom dies pretty quickly, and like Rasputin captures Liz and uses her her power to summon Agdu Jihad and like Hellboy. It was Sauduheim is... was the name of the giant monster. Oh, okay. Agdu Jihad is is also one is of one the of them. seven. Is one yeah. of them. There's, there's, there's seven. Okay. Yeah. 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 They're all jihad of some kind. But anyway, um, so the movie does a really good job of of it's a pretty faithful adaptation but i think the what i realized the element that it, it actually was missing was the gothic mystery the specifically the cursed family on this like yeah it was this, all like, just rasputin yeah but like the fact that like yeah. this is all centered around a mystery of the this like nine generations of family that all go off into the antarctic to die for this like hopeless mission they're in a a sinking haunted house in the middle of a bog and it's got this like <laughs> this gothic element to it and the mystery element to it that the movie kind of just it, left behind in favor of action you I know what i mean and i feel like that's yeah it's actually it's it's a it gets the vibe pretty well without the gothic nature of it you know what i mean yeah it's they're pretty fun mm. yeah there's like there's a, a, a a slight flavor of like the classic carl barks um uncle scrooge in this uh, like the old haunted castle mystery kind mm -hmm. of vibe well you have the underpinning of the rasputin's thing but like at all these other stories it's a monster when he's not looking for his parentage it's classic monster of the week mysteries yeah, yeah he's and, going off and learning about and the those shit monsters and happen to great. be somehow connected to the underpinnings of the universe sure in some exactly kind of, like big occult mm -hmm. way but also sometimes it's just fucking werewolves dude like it's just yeah, monster the it's yeah. always fun it's i always great. i always liked how um how <laughs> hellboy was released so we, we you would get these like kind of five or six issue series that would kind of be self-contained and then every now and again you would get like a one shot or like something that was two issues or something that was it was never really an ongoing series which has been which has always made it hard to collect like, I've read everything in this book, but this is the first time I ever read it in its reading order. Mm. Yeah, same, actually. Yeah. Omnibuses uh, which, are make it, yeah, they make it really easy for you to keep track of what's actually going on and re actually, and like, make it coherent. It's like, the, the chronological reading order is inconsequential, essentially. Like, it's, like, not necessary to read it in chronological order, but reading it mm. this way for the first time gave it clarity. No, it, in a way that is monster very... of the week stuff sure but anything involving him and his history you need to read it in order or it's just like it nonsense. felt pretty linear to me but i don't know yeah that, that's why i you think still this, this collection it. is yeah this collection yeah, the, is fantastic the, these... because it it gives it that element that you might not otherwise get that it's still mm -hmm. enjoyable as the, it does, the small mini series yeah yeah but it builds on itself and there's yeah, little so... details of it so yeah. we we end up we end up kind of stopping Rasputin. He gets he gets speared by Abe Sapien, everyone's favorite fish man. Fish man, but also Abe Sapien, who was was um, possessed. He's being by like hypnotically controlled by the ghost of one of the fallen Cavendishes, which was a nice little touch. I liked Abe because uh -huh. his his name is based on a pun. I can really appreciate that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He was. It was this. He was like some sort of specimen that was found, and it was Ichthyosapien, and he was discovered the day that Lincoln was shot. Mm -hmm. So they just yeah. named him Abe Sapien. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
always good for a classic pun. He's always a pun sapien. Pun sapien, yeah. Pun sapien. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so like it, it's it's interesting too because we get a lot of these self-contained stories, but like throughout these different trades you still get the through plot of Rasputin trying to get his revenge and trying to bring about this Ragnarok. Because we also learned that the reason he summoned, he was trying to summon Hellboy is he was trying to build something called the Ragnarok engine that would like bring about the end of the world. And Hellboy was supposed to be a piece of that. And then when Hellboy didn't just bow down to him as a master, he took it personally. So we yeah. get this sort of vendetta that happens. Yep. And and he's like, well, you know, you could have been, we could have been partners. We could rule the galaxy kind of bullshit. But then it's like, <laughs> he finds Liz and he's like, oh, she's way more powerful than you anyway. And she's got this, this thing that like people have tried her whole life to stamp down because it's dangerous. But like, you guys have no clue how powerful she is. And like, that comes up later as well when she loses her pyrokinesis and is forced to try to get it back because like she doesn't want it but it's part of her and it's this like living entity um that's also cut like i feel like every character development like like backstory or like you know like it's all left with breadcrumbs we're giving these little hints and these little pieces that we can put together later Um, yeah i really wanted more really interesting she was my favorite character yeah there's such a huge great there's such a huge reading list for this universe that <laughs> this is literally the tip of the iceberg. I mean, he's been doing, yeah. he's been writing oh, yeah. stories of this universe for like 20 years, if not more. Yeah. And like, not just well, like, Hel- yeah, the BPRD is Hel- its own thing. It's crazy. Hellboy in Hell is the, is the final step in, in the Hellboy future. Like, it, it, at least there is a stopping point as far as new Hellboy going forward. But Mike Mignola is still writing the in-between because we know that Hellboy joined the BPRD in like 1952 or 1953 and this book takes place in like the early 90s so like now Mignola is mm. going back and filling in all of those time periods that we missed yeah, um, that's yeah. so really many cool. yeah I, I think that's such a great I, I really like that about it because like our, our, our story starts in 1940 what was it 1944 1947 yeah the but end then, of the war then, but yeah, then 24. it starts in the in the now time in the mid 90s so you do open yourself up to okay i'm i'm going to give myself this 50 year gap that i'll and always like, be able still to have, fill in yeah but and then you could also just like all right he was also doing all of this other shit and hence bprd and here's all the other people yeah. you've been introduced yeah, and, to and the fact that i love the fact that there is an ending to hellboy's story that it's not he's not going to be this like 500 year old you know, like character years from like, like Mignola's <laughs> just like, no, he's done. The story's done. That's it. I can go back. But like, I, I love having a conclusion to a story that will be fulfilling and, you know, like closure. You know what I mean? That's always yeah. nice. Yeah. So after, after the, uh, the seed of destruction story, we get, um, just a, just an awesome fucking werewolf story. Monster fucking of the week, werewolves, baby. bro. It's we the get best. the werewolves of St. August. Which is just great. It's like a and, whole and town. Yeah, it's a whole town that by was werewolves. Cursed by monks to be werewolves, and mm. like it, it, it ties back into Christian mythology in a way that's really interesting. It ties back into like Eastern European history, and like, it, like 
the I really like the uh the I forget her name. I think it's Kate, the uh the anthropologist that they bring on yeah. who is is the one giving all of the like historical precedent for this like mythos and yeah, uh, she's the she's the research. Yeah, so it's not just hey, there's some werewolves. It's like, oh, hey, there's been <laughs> werewolves here for centuries and we're just stumbling upon it and it's it's so rad. It's well, so fucking well, cool. The part that I liked is that they tried to do research on this town and they couldn't think of any, they couldn't find any information that goes back before a specific time. And they're like, this town is way older than that. And then she sees the statue of St. August. She was like, oh my God, it's the wolves. Like, that's what it all clicks. She's like, it's the wolves of St. August. This used to be a completely different place. And then after the werewolf incident, they just changed the name yeah. of the town and tried to forget about yeah, it completely. They fucking rebranded. <laughs> yeah, they did a reboot. <laughs> no, we're not that werewolf place. We swear. Man, these wolves <laughs> fucked up because they killed like a friend of his, uh, like a priest that was going to this town, and they fucking killed him. He's like, "Well, I'm gonna go kill everybody that's here." Yeah. Now it's like, I'm gonna go punch some dogs. I really love that. Um, I love that. His is is this the the ending of him blowing everything up with like him going to the munitions and like. Leaving all the no, that's, that's something else. Oh, no, that's, no, that's, that's, that's later. Another one. That's, the next that's one. vampires. We'll get there. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, that's I also vampires I, and like a whole bunch of other <laughs> shit going on. I I didn't get a chance to read it myself, but my coworker was telling me that there's like like uh I think it's like the forward or the afterward in one of the other printings of this, but like uh Mike Mignola famously hates the um the wolves of Saint August uh that he is, he doesn't like the way that he drew it, and I just I'm baffled. Like I don't understand. Yeah, I disagree. I, I was yeah. I was just about I was just about like, to call out. With, there's this with there's respect, this Mr. Magnola, but you're wrong. <laughs> there's this page where this guy like unzips his like the front of his skin essentially, oh, yeah. and then just yeah. like rips it open to reveal a much larger than he just was werewolf. Fucking yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he takes off the human suit and he's got the werewolf suit. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, whenever we let's find talk such about good sized human suit. Let's talk about Mike Mignola's art for a second. I like. I've always loved the the way he uses shadow and the way he uses negative space. It's just it's like it's like no one else draws like this. There's, it's such it's, it's a the, unique. It's the opposite of white space. Um, it's black space. Like it's some, the absence yeah. of what you're seeing that is truly the mm. most interesting. That is the focal point of his art. Is the the shadow the black highlights it's the yeah you know what i mean it's the like i don't think there's a single point in here where anything is lit directly I everything think, is in is cast in shadow and it's brilliant i think it it um it's like worth like going back and like looking at things because i think at first glance like it it just kind of looks like one kind of way but it's it's more intricate than your initial like perception of it um I love the detail of all the designs and everything. It's also yeah, interesting, no, just like, just looking at this book, the first half of the book, all of the gutter space is black. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, then like somewhere yeah. about halfway through, we kind of switch to a more um, white space between panels, kind of a, kind of a feel, but it's, it's mm-hmm. th- that kind of always, that grabbed me at first when I was a kid reading this. It's like, oh wow, this book is that dark that even the negative spaces black like everything's very, and it's very a, it's dark. like even the things that we are seeing they're only lit by like demon flame or <laughs> an explosion 
and like we are we are getting a glimpse of the horror it's 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 the only time i've ever seen a comic book really understand like lovecraftian horror in the sense not necessarily that there's giant squid monsters because there are that but the lovecraftian (laughs) school of horror is the scariest thing is the thing you do not see and the thing you cannot understand Mm. and it's like we're only seeing bits and pieces of every part of the story because it's so cast in shadow and it would be they're in fucking crypts and castles and shit and like you know, I've always loved Baba Yaga and shit. Yeah, exactly. I've always loved the, the. There's sort of an absoluteness to his art where, like, you have really thick line work, really heavy shadows, um, very bold, blocked out color. You don't really get a whole lot of gradient. Um, no, it's very, it's very sharp shadows, mm-hmm. very, very bold. I, I've, I've always and, loved this. And style. in that way, the Kirby influence is is so recognizable the crack there's kirby crackle every time that there's any kind of like fire it's like it's like you can tell that he took the kirby school of art and filtered it through a lovecraft lens and like it doesn't seem like those things would fit even the way he uses crackle it it kind of struck me as interesting because he'll use crackle to to show like flames so like the the circles are the stuff around the flames so you have these like cut out like smoke coming out yeah like real thin cut out like waves of energy and stuff i i I love how he does that yeah always loved his art it is it is kirby by way of lovecraft in the most like fucked up and beautiful way (laughs) 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 like two things that should not fit together but are you know two great tastes that taste great together you know who'd have thought all right, so th- then we get into the the big vampire story. Yeah. This guy Jurescu, Jurescu. Yeah, just some it. Nazi that just wanted some more fucking women. Just couldn't well, stop. Couldn't stop at the six. Oh, he already the, had. He had to get one more. The guy with well, all the he, wives. he was a vampire who fell in love yeah. with a Nazi. Like that's right. You're correct. Yeah. Well, you know, does that make you a Nazi? Probably. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but I'd say I'm just saying he already had six I, wives. He just had to have one more. I would say in everything you know, up. in mortal terms, falling in love with a Nazi absolutely makes you a Nazi. But in vampire, been alive for centuries terms, not. I don't. I think he's got more going on. I don't think he gives a shit about what humans. Yeah, do. he clearly only cared about one thing. Ilsa. Yes. And it's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> I like how we, in in this in this one we get a a Nazi Mega Man X mech for like one panel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just yeah, there's just a Nazi mech and we never see it again. It was just like that what? Go back. That was cool. What the fuck? Yeah, like this guy Leopold comes out and he's like he's like oh, I'm going to destroy you and then else is like hush Leopold and then we never fucking see the mech again. I love that. <laughs> it's like fine, I'll put it away. Okay. Oh, we're also kind yeah, of skipping are, over um, the chain coffin. The chain coffin, it's it's like a one shot, but it does kind of a lot of heavy lifting in the um, in Hellboy's parentage. Like he kind of goes back to the the spot where he was summoned to try to find answers, and then kind of decides at the end that he's better off without them. Yeah. We also yeah, well. I think he sees get, a lot of them too. Yeah. yeah, we get the answers, and he chooses to hope that no, they good. were just yeah, ju- hope that it was just a nightmare. Like he sees 
it's a a, a demon like a, like a a woman on her deathbed made a a deal with a devil and that devil came to collect and he was born of the corpse of that doomed woman uh and and yeah so he's just like oh that was pretty fucked up i'm going to i'm just going to come home now like it's all t- told in a letter to abe um yeah which is really interesting too I also love in that letter he's like, "Yeah, let's go. Uh, let's go find a Mothman. I would love to hang out with that guy." Uh, yeah, and that's I like, love it that ends. bit. Yeah, yeah. I, I dearly love to see a, Mothman. To see a Mothman. <laughs> yeah. Me too. I want. I want a Mothman yeah. Hellboy. Story. You and me. Yeah. <laughs> you and me too. I Hellboy. feel like I feel like Mothman should be in the BPRD. That's yeah. all I'm saying. Why didn't they haven't they recruited Honestly. a Mothman yet? Yeah. You know like, what? I, I, I want to commission an artist <laughs> to give me Hellboy and Mothman at a table at a bar having a drink. He's got a little vest. Yeah. In another they, they show, Mothman, Mothman runs HR, and it's hilarious. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. Was they that, treat like, him a whole job? lot better than the Department of Truth tra- treated exactly, him. Exactly. Yeah, inside job, he, at least he's the head of HR, and it's hilarious. Um, also, uh, they couldn't hire Mothman to be on the BPRD because everyone would just constantly have pink eye, and that's just bad for office morale. <laughs> you know? It's fair. Yeah, I got a sunburn now. <laughs> all right so so wake the devil uh, the the cliff notes version is we we had there's this vampire guy from the napoleonic war who kept who died several times and kept being brought back to his mansion where he was put in a room where he could bathe in moonlight and be whole again so he was Classic. finally yeah he was finally staked through the heart beheaded burned and then his ashes were like kept in uh a wax museum in New York City, like kind of tucked away in obscurity. And he was him and his so, wives. Yeah, but also I think the more important part of that that you're missing was that he was staked to the heart and burned and murdered by Hitler. Uh when his oh, Hitler's orders, se- yeah. Well, his seventh wife, Ilsa, tried to bring him to the Fuhrer as like, hey, you guys are both evil as fuck. Y'all want to work together? This is my boyfriend. Uh <laughs> and that's what, this is my that's boyfriend. What he's a, he's up. a vampire. <laughs> Uh, and then he, like, so she took her vampire boyfriend to meet Hitler, and Hitler was like, "Nah, this is too much. Yeah, this is this is I can't control this. That's uh, out of my fucking yeah, pay grade. You, so it's got to be exterminated." Wow, when you're you're uh, so evil that Hitler's like, "We should probably kill this thing because it's too evil." That's <laughs> yeah. My but like, also, I think it was that it was it was it was a too much of a force of nature and hitler's like nah i can't tell this dude what to do and this dude's not gonna listen yeah. to me i'm i'm a i'm a little bitch this dude's not gonna listen to me and i can tell Kill which him. like they consistently talk about how hitler's a bitch like all it's the awesome. time yeah. in this it's book so it's fucking, fucking great so <laughs> the the bprd gets gets wind of the this missing um vampire skeleton and they're like all right so this thing is probably on its way back to this fabled castle where he could be brought back to life, and the very last fucking thing we wanted to ever happen is this guy come back to life. So they kind of guesstimate where this place is, so they send three teams. Mm. Hellboy's by himself. And the whole time, <laughs> Hellboy's like, this is a wild goose chase, we're not going to find any vampires. I bet a hundred bucks we're going to find nothing. And then is literally dropped through the ceiling from a plane into oh, where no. this he, is happening. This is the part that RJ was bat- talking about. He gets. He's supposed that's, to have a jetpack, but it it just like he the jetpack completely rocketed. fails. He's yeah. rocketed into the castle because it explodes, and then immediately finds signs of Nazis. He's like, "Motherfucker! Yeah. All right, I like, well. just lost a hundred bucks." 
Yeah. And a jetpack. And I have to fight Nazis. And yeah, and the, my back so hurts the, now. The Nazis Some that bullshit. were behind <laughs> that were behind Rasputin and Project Ragnarok are the ones that are now trying to bring this vampire. When you're, back. Yeah, because they've been brought is. back by Rasputin. When you're now. a cult hunting in the yeah. '90s, what's the like average number of Nazi like origin in most things you're hunting? It seems pretty fucking yeah. high. Yeah. 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 <laughs> seems like much. a safe bet. It's gonna be some Nazi shit. <laughs> if you pull that thread long enough. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and mm. I, I distinctly remember like reading this and being like, tight. And then learning a little bit more about na- Nazis and like the Thule Society and being like, I'm sorry, what? Wait, was Hellboy not lying to me? How is much Hellboy is real? real? Like, what is going yeah, oh, Hellboy's that, real. Got it. That, that's <laughs> always been my favorite part of this. Like, um, w- when There's I was reading that's this, like verifiable. It's great. When I was reading this yesterday, I googled um Jeresco because I thought maybe he was a real guy. <laughs> was like, is this dude real? It was, was this guy for real? It was honestly just nice to see Alamia because I love me Alamia. Yeah. <laughs> Evil snake and lady. Like, and then like, yeah, Hakate ends up being a big character, and it's just like. Oh shit! Well, she's like I, the I'm source reading of that some dude's mythology. Power. Yeah, so it's yeah. like now I, I'm reading some mythology, and Hecate is in uh, all of Greek mythology, and I'm like, oh shit! Okay, yeah, all right. Yeah, it beats the yeah, shit oh, out of boy. a snake lady. Yeah, I, I like th- this. Is this Iron is the Maiden one where where Hellboy finally just goes like, "Look, I don't know really how to fix this, but I found a room full of old Nazi munitions, and I'm just gonna fucking detonate it." Because I guess if this castle is blown off the face of the earth, there's We're no good. way to bring Juresco back. I right? love that that's how his solution It's I'm going to punch it, shoot it, or blow it up. <laughs> and every time he tries to shoot the it, the gun fails. Like, he's just like, he brought a gun, <laughs> yeah. the gun fails. He's just like, why do I even fucking bother? Well, there was, there was this guy. Yeah. There was this guy who, like, um. I love how he can't aim either. They always make fun yeah. of him. Terrible like, at, at actually shooting. I mean, he, he ends up just throwing a spear through most things anyway. So. Which is pretty dope. Yeah, yeah and, and using his rock fist. That does, seems does pretty it, effective. Doesn't his one partner just go like, why do you even bother? Like, with an, like, with yeah. an arm like I think that. multiple why don't you of them just, ask yeah. him. Yeah. But there's also this Zinko guy who, like, Rasputin came to him and was like, look, I need to I need to become whole again, and you're going to help me. And he's just oh, like, because he I need money. you to fund. Yeah, I yeah, need I like, need your yes, capitalist master. bullshit to fund yeah. my Nazi yeah. bullshit. But every to fund every my piece, occult bullshit. Every piece yeah. of equipment that fails in this story has Zinko's logo on it. Mm. Like Hellboy's gun that won't fire, the fucking jetpack. The when they're trying to radio back mm. and forth, and their radio frequency doesn't oh, work. They're all, it's all Zinko. That's funny. I like that. Well, setting them up. This is just some great action because he's like punching harpies, snake ladies, vampires. Like, yeah, uh, boy Iron Maiden still threw it in the Iron Maidens. Iron Maiden still <laughs> And then we also get this is where we get the homunculi story too, or, or the beginning of it. Right? The beginning, yes, yeah. the hunky, yeah, the homunculi. Yeah, they, they. It's really cool the way they like they start this off and then like it ends in a cliffhanger, like the specifically the homunculi yeah. stuff. And then they just don't go back to it for like at least an, an entire issue, and it's just like, wait, is Liz okay? I need to know. And then that it's, Liz like is it's, okay. own, it's like it's like it's own like not. one shot. Liz is not okay. Yeah, <laughs> Liz is not okay. Yeah, no, she. So that one's really interesting. I I thought it was really cool. Um, like they find in one of the other castles, just completely coincidentally, uh, Liz's team finds a homunculi, and you see her like focus on it, and like all the other dudes are like, wow, this is fucking crazy, and she like zones in and presses the button to turn it on no, and she everyone's is. Just like oh fuck don't it's, touch that it's like a little hole 
and she sparks yeah. it. Yeah. She thinks yeah, that there's like something that goes in, in there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then, no, it's the fact that she she intuits that I can give this thing my my pyrokinesis. Like they it, start it's talking this... to each other. We find out. Yeah. Basically. No, she. Yeah, we find out later that she figures out that I could get rid of this fucking thing. And once he's and for like, all, "Yes, give, give it, it to me. Give yeah, it to me." Yeah. <laughs> and so he, and then he it turns out she can't get rid of it because it'll kill her if she doesn't have it. It's part. Yeah, of it's tied her. to her life force. Yeah. Um. And I There's love so the homunculus. We're getting into the part of this particular trade where it just becomes fucking mayhem. Yeah, it gets yeah, so all things are so firing on weird. all. Because in between all of this, Rasputin has this nice touching moment with his mother, the Baba Yaga, yeah. and they have a nice, t- nice touching conversation <laughs> on Ejagrasil, and says hi to the fucking chicken house because he misses it, house? or it's his grandmother. Dude, it's fucking crazy. I, yeah, I just love dude. this combo of all of these fables and tales and stuff are just like yep the, they're all slammed the together. Baba Yaga looks yeah. so cool I love her yeah. design I, I also like Hellboy because she took an eye yes yeah <laughs> that's awesome. that's what I was gonna say so the, the Baba great. Yaga thing is really fun because uh Hilarious. I had always thought that I was just missing the miniseries where he took out Baba Yaga's eye and it's like oh no no we're just establishing previous lore yes. like yeah. they're talking about this like her run in with Hellboy happened off panel and now we can go back i'm sure it's been do, written yeah, I, was gonna say, story they somewhere do else. Story? yeah. I haven't i haven't read that but i'm absolutely certain it exists um yeah but yeah go it's down like the it's all 30 this... year rabbit hole of hellboy <laughs> and associated hellboy books you might find and it. The, yeah and the fact that hellboy before we've read any of these stories has already had run-ins with every type of mythological being yeah he's character. completely established by the time we meet him yeah and we're yeah. Ca- we're catching up which is kind yeah, of fun. I've, I've always loved that about him. Like there, there's yeah. all of this like missing lore. Um, yeah. We also get, I think one of my favorite Hellboy moments in this when he's like eaten by the giant uh, uh, Iron Maiden serpent monster. Um. <laughs> and then like he falls down into this abyss where like, you know, his horns grow back and, and there's all this chatter of like, you know, he, you know, he's this, He's this tool for destruction, and he's mm-hmm. you know this... Anang Unrama. He's gonna bring about like you have two choices: die or bring about the apocalypse. And he's just like, no. What about choice number three? Door Fuck number you. three. Yeah. yeah, he just grab. <laughs> I love how he just grabs the horns and snaps them off. Like, yeah, that's a badass move. Nope, that's a, a secret third thing. That's a power nope. move. <laughs> and I I think at this point, this is the first time that as the reader, oh shit, he's not wearing goggles. Those are because like we've all been. You know, at, as this character is thirty years old, we know that those are like where he has like broken off the horns, right? Yeah, where he, he like he shaves them down, to, down. Yeah. to try and maintain normalcy. But when readers are reading this in the fucking nineties, and like when I first read it, I was like, "Oh my god, that's not those aren't goggles. That those are horns. Like it, it's not immediately apparent until you see him. You would have th- they grow and then he the snaps them off. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like some of the flashbacks you see. I think. He had horns in the beginning as a kid, the, as a as a like teeny it. tiny baby. But there's only like two panels of him as as the the hell boy, like as a baby, um, to begin yeah, with. And then you know, we see his dad, and his dad has the giant horns. His dad looks a lot like him, but more demonic. Um, mm-hmm. But I think him snapping them off is the like oh shit moment where you're like yeah, yeah absolutely yeah it, like it's does that so hurt cool. like would imagine like that can't oh of feel course good of course it screams. hurts and also. 
Oh, yeah. And it's like, how yeah. many issues are we into this character that, like, a a major feature of his yeah. design hasn't been revealed to us until now? That's brilliant. <laughs> like, that's so good. It, it's really giving the reader a beautiful payoff and a really strong character moment of, like, fuck you, won't do what you tell me. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> I also love how he beats uh, Juresco at the end of this where we we get this build up and build up and build up of this unstoppable unbeatable unkillable vampire and then here's hellboy handcuffed to a post and this Mm. vampire guy's on his horse charging after him and he just pulls the post out of the ground and bops the horse on the head with it and they both just turn to skeletons and explode (laughs) he's like wow i've never never seen horses a horse explode before <laughs> it's like, well, that's the end of that, I guess. Like, yeah, game over. Yeah, because the other through plot is like basically like Rasputin separating the ball and trying to kill the whole fucking team, and it's like he ends. He still finds a way to get out of it every fucking time. It's impressive. Yeah, it's very resourceful. This Hellboy. So, so we end with this this... Hellman, I should say. <laughs> so we end with with the almost Colossus story. I I always love this one where where you get the um the homunculus who who ends up getting named Roger. We kind of get his story about how he has this brother who is trying to like. He's the failed fucked up experiment. Yeah, he that survived, and he built like a giant creepy crawler machine where he's gonna melt dudes down and like mm-hmm. turn him into a giant homunculus, and then succeeds. <laughs> yeah, fucking, and and yeah. the interesting the, the the dichotomy between these two Frankenstein's, right? Because that's what they are. Yeah, they're they're basically and, Frankenstein. And so, like the one the the one who is malformed and has been alive for like at least decades i i it might even be it's, centuries, it's been a but long he, time yeah he's been he's been building this like revenge plot against just like the concept of humankind and well, he killed roger the creator, too yeah and, oh yeah and he killed his yeah. well, i mean very frankenstein of him but um and yeah. then roger who literally just like he's been in like a dreamlike state he's been alive but unable to move or be conscious so like he finally he gets Liz's spark, and number one, he understands that it's not his, and he wants to give it back. Like, he understands that he's hurting mm-hmm. her uh, by having. He understood it. right uh, away. He's like, but like, I think he describes like I was so thirsty. It was like was, an empty battery. Yeah. he just had. He just yeah, sucked I was dry, I was dying of thirst, and she had a well to drink from. You know, kind of vibe. Yeah, and and then like the the evil brother is is explaining this like plot to like to transcend mankind and become their destroyer and he's just kind of like the the bare bones like he's just been born and he has inherent empathy and is like doesn't see the benefit in doing that at all and he was also like he was the perfect experiment and locked away he wasn't cast away so he's more formed i guess is a better way to put it or different way to put it yeah the other one was like Literally was discarded as trash. Like, yeah. like, the, like you're literally nothing, and and that's why he's sees the yeah. worst in like the creator and humanity. And and there is the you both creatures uh, are given empathy, you know, as characters hell of a lot more than the Nazis, which is tight. Um, and like we we sympathize <laughs> yeah. with with both of them, but there's Absolutely. definitely one that goes too far. And and Roger, our hero homunculus, um, kills his brother to. To save the day and it, like does, uh, does this ultimate like sacrifice where 
Yeah, and you think that he might not survive it, but it, it, this is his, you know, like gift to mankind for being born is is potentially sacrificing himself to save us all, and it's and it's really cool. It's a good little hero origin. It's a perfect Frank Frankenstein story. It yeah, it's all the things. Fucking great. But like the the ultimate part was like Roger almost had a heel turn. Where he's just like, yeah, what the fuck do I owe you, you know? And and Hellboy is, turns to him and he's just like, remember why you're alive. Look at me. Look yeah. at me. <laughs> How are you alive? We gotta fucking go. And like, come takes with him me back right to now. Liz. <laughs> yeah, and, it, and it's like, I don't give a fuck who you are or what that giant dude over there is doing. I'm not getting involved. I don't give a fuck. You gotta come with me to save my girl. And it's... I like how they it's, roll it's in and he's like, oh, she shit. died a couple minutes ago. And he's like... No one dies until I say they die. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, all right, perfect. bro. Yeah, fucking. Perfect. Yeah, then they get Pitch Liz perfect. Back. Yeah. yeah. I think Roger comes back. Yeah, Roger becomes like a, a member. Oh yeah, of the team. no, he's yeah, yeah he's, he's a, a member fairly of the prominent member of the team. Yeah, which is great because he's a good character. Yeah, not to be confused with other Frankenstein, because Frankenstein is also a character as well. Yeah, this is just a... Well, not to be confused uh, with yeah. Frank Einstein, who is Madman. It's all it's getting so confusing. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, incredible. Oh, God. Uh, yeah, just, just... This has been a delightful reread. Um, I do... I cannot recommend these in the proper reading order omnibuses enough. Um, they're also like they're affordable great. omnibuses. They're like twenty five bucks, so like it's not gonna yeah. break your budget to get a shitload of awesome occult fucking. And it's it's a lot. Like cool it doesn't. Shit. It's it's weird. It's kind of like a, a box of holding in that like it doesn't look like an omnibus, but it has an omnibus amount of material inside of it. Like yeah, yeah. it's Absolutely. bigger on the inside. Yeah this this is a TARDIS <laughs> of a book. <laughs> but yeah, so I think there's four of them for Hellboy specifically. Uh, yeah, and then so, there's a, like a at least three or four for each arc of BPRD as well, and then there's yeah. there's some for Joe Gollum, there's, a, there's some for uh uh Lobster Johnson, which is a whole other uh yeah, thing we need to unpack. And then the and then Love the Baltimore stuff and um yep, uh, Rasputin has his own book too. Rasputin I, has yeah, his own book. Universe. Abe has his own book. Uh, yeah, no, it's wow, it's so, fucking awesome. So. Yeah, I mean, if 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 you if you get the bug, if you get bitten, there's a lot there. I th- yeah. this this just resonated with me like immediately when I first read it. It was like, oh, this is the kind of storytelling I've always I've always wanted. And this I I discovered this before Lovecraft too. So like I didn't even know that was a thing. So it was like yeah, no, same. This is this is where I learned what Lovecraftian was, and then was like, why is it called that? Let's do some digging. Let's read some <laughs> weird shit. I've joked around in the past and said that Ghostbusters was my window into the occult as, as early as like when I was four or five, but I feel like I feel like that was the primer, and this was like when I discovered this, I was like, oh, there's this whole world here. Like there's, yeah, it goes much deeper than that. Yeah, Ghostbusters was the pilot light, and Hellboy was the gas leak. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. <laughs> So yeah, I I I can't say enough good things about Hellboy. I fucking love this book, and I I think I'm just gonna keep reading. Like we're gonna hang up this yep. call. Uh, we're gonna stop recording, and I'm gonna just keep reading some Hellboy. Hell, There's plenty hell of fucking it. yeah, dude. <laughs> All right, well, I guess that's it for us. Um, 
go check out our our, uh, our Patreon. Uh, we we got a bunch of cool um, exclusive stuff out there on the Patreon from Dueling Genre. Um, also, come hang out and talk to us on the Discord. Uh, we got a we always have a fun conversation out on the Discord. Follow us on the social medias at Last Week's Comics. Um, and until next time, uh, this is Hills from the Shortbox. Goodbye, everybody.